0: Hi thanks for coming back to the Kick Ash Live podcast or if you're new here, well I am just so happy that you are here. I'm Ashley and have I got a treat for you today. If you listen to this conversation and don't smile, if it doesn't touch your heart, then I I, I just don't even know what to say because Sarah Griffith is pure delight, generous in spirit. She's raw, she's funny, she's real. She was also (laughs) game to be the first podcast interview I ever recorded, like ever. And this was back when I accidentally owned a wine shop in a small coastal town, downtown Panama City, Florida. When Sarah and I recorded this over a year ago, I was still desperately trying to make that little wine shop work from a distance. I was driving down from Atlanta nearly every week, logging 12 hours and yes, I counted it, 588 miles each round trip. My little car put a lot of miles on it with two big dogs in the back. And this was just not sustainable. Mother's Wine Market didn't make it. That's a story for another day, maybe. I'm processing it still. There's a lot that was out of my control, like my business partner unexpectedly moving away. But I will own that I made a lot of mistakes, and those lessons cut deep. But it was also baffling to me the way that it fell apart, the way that it did, because I felt so called to this place. This is a revitalizing downtown about two and a half hours from my own hometown, Pensacola, Florida. And Pensacola transformed its downtown in the most remarkable way. Like, if you need a destination place for the weekend, that's it. It's so great. And with Panama City, I wanted to be a part of something. That organic, that forward-looking, all the signs were there. The shop was to be located next to Mackenzie Park, and my kids are named Mackenzie and Parker, who also goes by Parks. Also, I told you in the last episode, I look for butterflies in times of positive change. And sure enough, there were huge, huge orange and purple monarch butterflies literally painted on the outside walls of the art center that was just a block away. But maybe, I mean, when I think about this in hindsight, I was drawn to the area, to the concept of starting a business there for the very purpose of learning some hard and really painful lessons, lessons not only in business, but in life that Reduced me to my core. Actually, I often think because I met some of the most wonderful people, people like Sarah, who really inspired me, really touched me, supported me, pushed me to rethink my comfort zone. Maybe. Maybe the people are the reason I was called there. Maybe I needed to meet them. Sarah is an artist, a blogger, a truth teller. She is one of the realest humans I've met. And as is often the case, because I don't know, just by nature, I tend to be serious. I gravitate to vibrant, fun, hearts wide open people. Like, the kind of people that make you almost pee your pants because you're laughing so hard. Yeah, that's Sarah. After we wrapped the interview, we had some wine at the wine shop and kept chatting along with Emily Seifert, who was part of our shop and such a part of the Panama City community, a yoga and wine-loving angel. Emily and I could not stop laughing with Sarah. And I just... Thank God for wholehearted people. Um, In this episode, to give you some context, we talk about areas in the Florida Panhandle. We talk about Apalachicola, which is known as the Forgotten Coast. For reference, I would say, go back to episode two with Carrie Honaker. That episode explains the geography and the culture along the Florida Panhandle. Also, in this episode, I want to set the stage for you. We are going to talk about various neighborhoods in Panama City, including downtown Panama City, where the wine shop was located. It is a place still so dear to my heart. And then St. Andrews, which is about three miles away, but to get there, you go west through Beach Drive, which is so beautiful. It has the bay on one side, and you guys, you can see herons and paddle porters and fishermen and just raw nature on one side. It's gorgeous. And on the other side, there are these lovely older homes. Each of them is unique with these grand yards up the hill on the other side. And then there we talk about the cove. It's a neighborhood just to the east, and you don't have to go over the drawbridge, but there's a nearby drawbridge that goes over the Masalina Bay and the marinas. I mean, seriously, can you even tell how much I love this place? Sarah and I also talk about Hurricane Michael, and I want you to get a feel for what this was. Hurricane Michael was a Category 5 hurricane, It hit Panama City in October 2018. It hit harder, much harder than most hurricanes. And I know growing up on the coast, I know my hurricanes, folks. This hurricane was brutal. It leveled buildings, it upended boats, it twisted metal in ways you cannot even imagine. And the remnants of that are still just around every corner still today this hurricane, I'm going to tell you, it shattered more than just windows. It shattered lives. It displaced people. But you know this, right? As it happens with tragedies and natural disasters, it brought a community together. As Sarah says, and I'm going to quote her, it was sad, it was devastating, but it was a facelift this town needed to kick off everything. And, and when I listened back to that, it really hit, because I wonder if you can relate, I can relate to this in so many ways, because in eras of, what do we say, true personal devastation in my own life, there has always come a renewal. I'm in one now, a renewal. I'll tell you, this isn't about me, but isn't it beautiful how nature provides lessons that mirror our lives? And from this devastation, Sarah used the wood debris that was scattered everywhere to create art. Others created businesses. Sarah created a business out of whole cloth. In this era, Sarah talks about, she references Alan Branch, who is a true community advocate who's made such an impact along with his lovely wife, Anna, and his business partners. They created History Class, that is a brewery at the heart of downtown Panama City, but really they're involved in so much more in the revitalization. And Alan and so many others, like Kevin and Erica Mitchell, I mean, what a team. They opened the press because every downtown needs a great coffee shop. There were so many people that created businesses amidst the rubble. And it's here in the wine shop that once, and quite unexpectedly, held so many dreams for me, very briefly. And in this place... I met some amazing people, and I met a bright light, a wildly talented artist named Sarah Griffith. So, come along. I want to share our chat with you. This is going to be fun. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. And one of the reasons among many that I wanted to have you on is because your art is all over downtown Panama city and it's beautiful and it's vibrant and it's fun. And I even wore bright colors because I knew I was going to see you today.
1: uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tell me how you got started in all that. In
1: art. Oh goodness. Um, I've been drawing and painting and everything my whole life. Mm -hmm. The random objects kind of came when I was younger, my mom, when I would get in trouble, they would send me to my room, but they would take everything away from me, like pens, paper, because they knew that's what I liked. So I wasn't allowed to draw. So I found a Sharpie and I drew on my pants. And when I was called out after like my punishment was over, my mom was like, what the hell? And my mom said (laughs) from that moment, (laughs) she knew that I would do something with art. So just, I've always done random stuff my whole life. And I just, you know, when people would say, what do you want to do? when you want Like, be a famous artist as a joke, totally as yeah. a joke. And I'm not famous, but I love the fact that I can do art for a living and show my son that, you know, he wants to be a chef and
0: he's good at it. And I'm like, Hey, look, let's do it. Well, there's art in that too. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So the creativity just calls to you. Yeah. It's how, how did you figure out how to create a business around it? Uh Well, I've been
1: doing art for years. I had, I always did these doodle things. So what I drew on my pants is I did these black and white line drawings I called thumbprints. I did them all through high school. I did not like school. So while I was in class, I would get like your name and I would find everything out about you, like you're on the football team, your favorite color, this. And I would put everything about you in your name and around your name and just hide everything. So you, all you saw was your name when you looked at it. Yeah. But everything about you was hidden in there. You told so the story in it. They're super cool. Yeah. So fast forward, I'm working at Beefo Brady's for many years. And all the servers would decorate their books with stickers or whatever. Well, I got bored one day. So one of my girlfriends, we were just sitting there for lunch. And I drew her name. And I hid a bunch of stuff in there and blew her away. Yeah. So then all the girls were like, draw me one, draw me one, draw me one. So drew everybody's books. And then the girl that started it, she said, Hey, my nephew has a, his first birthday coming up and he loves his mom's got his room decorated cat in a hat, Dr. Seuss, all the things, Dr. Seuss, they love Cat in the hat. So I drew a cat in a hat. So all you could see was cat in a hat, but everything around it was like his nickname from his mom, the day he was born. Oh, cool. So everything about him. Well, I just handed it to my friend. She was like, well, how much? And I was like, Nothing. It's just a drawing. Just take it. So she's actually a local here. Okay. She, I still keep in touch with her, her family. And every time I talk about art, like when I kicked off, I always bring up her family. They still to this day buy things from me. Um, And she made me charge her for that. So that's when I started charging for art. And then it's just evolved into things over the years. I painted shoes. And then the marketing director for the Washington Redskins caught on because when Instagram first kicked off, yeah, I learned everything about hashtags. And my sister was like, what are you talking about? you sound stupid. And I'm like, yeah, but this new thing, Instagram with these hashtags and I, people started seeing me. So I was shipping shoes all over the world. So it's, just evolved. That. it's just evolved. Like, yeah, yeah, there's so many different things. And I did these little baby kettlebells. Yeah. Those also kicked off. And that's the only thing I really ever put on my Etsy and after the hurricane those picked up again and you know everybody around here was like what do we do we don't have job i was like i called my old boss from before brady's because i would watch the window painter and i'm like pat i want to do that i want to do that it'd be cool one day if i could do that but i never thought i could do art for a living after the hurricane i said what does he charge you how does it work i think i want to try that you know with these businesses, I'm, I want to try and make something happen because I don't have a job right now. Well, everybody here
0: has a hurricane story. So Mm -hmm. how did it impact you? You instantly wiped out your job.
1: Mm -hmm. So I called Pat and I was like, I think I want to make this window thing work. And it didn't happen for probably a year. The window thing didn't happen because I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, what to use. I didn't know the paint. I was confused. We didn't even have internet. So it's not like I could Google anything. So this was another evolution of my art. I took all the trees and all the fences in my yard and other people's yard. And I found like cedar, and bird. I found all the wood I could, that sure. I loved the look and the smell of it. Yeah. And I had power tools because I also at one point built giant jingas and giant Yahtzee's. Amazing. I just always have found a way to make money on it. But I cut thousands of wood slices. I baked them. I sanded them because if you didn't get the moisture out, they would crack. So my house looked like an assembly line of wood cookies. They were everywhere. And I made thousands of Christmas ornaments that year. There was a couple schools um, that there's this girl that I don't even know the organization that she got together, but she did something big for the schools because all the kids weren't going to have a Christmas because the hurricane. So she had people from all over the world donating presents. And I made like 300 ornaments for all the teachers and students for one school. And then she did it for another. And then all of my orders on top of it, I did, I think maybe 7,000. I felt like, wow. Wood slice ornaments free like all free supplies and materials, So I turned my dining room into an office and that's when I really was like, I'm going to do this art thing.
0: Well, that really is a story about the community supporting one another through yes. an absolutely devastating yes. time. And you're part of it.
1: Alan Grant was way.
0: probably the
1: first person that, like after the hurricane that reached out to me for murals because I've been doing murals before. Mm-hmm. But um, he was like, hey, we've got this brewery coming up. It was also around the COVID time. So I started doing the murals for him and then COVID hit. So I was right in between the like logo, the Marine Motel, like a hand carved. There's a bunch of stuff I did for him. So the community thing, I mean, he's...
0: Probably the biggest advocate of community. He's you could. made such an impact on this community. Mm. And so have you, because every time you turn around, your art is in a window or it's on a wall or it's somewhere. And so one of the things I love about your entrepreneur journey is how you've taken something that gives you joy and turned it into a business that touches so many people around here. I mean, you did our windows. That's how I met you. We're sitting here at mother's wine market. And I remember you sitting on the ladder doing the letters out there. And it was just as a business owner, it feels like something creative is happening. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when that goes in the window, it's real. The business is really going to happen. And so I wonder as you're helping businesses through their process, either existing businesses or new businesses like we were last year as we were coming on. What do you learn about business owners? Oh, God. I learned so much about infirm business owners. And
1: I, like when you and I were talking a minute ago Mm -hmm. and you said, do you have any ideas? When I asked if you were doing something for Mother's Day. My brain just kicks off and I want to help those business owners because they brought me in They could have picked any of the artists in town but you bring me in so my creativity just like hones in on those owners and i will ask a million questions i'll pick your brain and then i want to give back every piece of creativity and i it's like i think people get paid for that i love that about businesses and owners and just collaborating collaborating is probably the coolest thing that you can do as a creative person
0: well, I see so much of that down here in Panama City. Like, do you see that the businesses really just working together and supporting one another? Yes. It's one yes. of my favorite things. It is super cool. With the flower thing that has popped up, yeah. that can be
1: incorporated in so many events, so many businesses. And with you, with your wine, you guys can go and do things. And then history class with the history of everything. It's just so cool how everything just meshes together. The hurricane was that. Everybody was devastated, but, and I said this from the beginning, it was a faceless this town needed. We needed that to just kick off everything.
0: So I wasn't here for the hurricane, Oof. but, <laughs> but everybody has a story. Yeah. And, um, what I hear in every story is how folks just came together and supported one another. And so since that time, what do you see happening downtown growth? Yeah.
1: Finally. Panama City is a little bit antiquated mm-hmm. and probably still is in some ways. But with it being like that, you still have a small town feel because this town is getting bigger and it is about to blow up. You've got the marina, whatever's happening on 390 and that Lynn Haven stretch, that is going to also make this town just grow. And the beach is what it is. It's always going to be Panama City Beach. It's beautiful. So. There's just so much growth
0: happening. It's so much fun to be Mm -hmm. a part of. Yeah. 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 Um, So tell me about your blog because I am a super fan now that I've found it. You recently wrote about fear.
1: Yeah. That was, I wrote that last weekend when I was on vacation with my son. And usually I sit around for like an hour and read it out loud to myself, but The way it started is about two years ago, I started seeing a therapist, I had some stuff going on and I, you know, she was my like, go get them. And you've got this art thing. You've been killing it and just keep going with it. And then she was like, you've got so much going on and so many ideas and you want to help so many people. Why don't you start a blog? And I was like, that's weird. Sure. So (laughs) I started the blog. Well, when I started it, I would write and I would put like funny pictures, bright, bold. I went and did a photo shoot half naked at a goofy golf course, just because I was like, if I'm going to do a photo shoot anywhere, it's got to be at a goofy golf course. It's got to be at a goofy golf (laughs) course. I mean, there's no other place for me to do it. And also it has to be half naked. Right. So the intention behind it, I didn't realize until after I started it, what my intention was until I was reading them back. Every single one of them is something that has affected me in my life. And it's a little emotional. It's for my son. So (laughs) one day I won't be here to give him advice. Mm -hmm. So every bit of his advice, so it could help him or it could help you. So it all starts with like something that affected me, just like little stuff about it, and then it ends with like a little message. I love that.
0: (laughs) No, it's cathartic. I I didn't realize it was as
1: emotional as it was until I
0: said it out loud. Well, then let's share it. You know, like it is emotional, putting those emotions on page. But when we start to think, I've got children too. There, our kids are about the same age, and they are at that age when you start to think, what do I want to share with them? Because now they're able to receive yeah. it. And how do I share it in a way that they can hear it? And that maybe they, I mean, they're going to have their own journey, yeah. right? But maybe I can spare them from some right. Of
1: the tough stuff. <laughs> right. So my kids not going to listen to me now, yeah. but maybe when his friends are like, Hey, your weird mom has a blog and maybe one day he'll read them. I don't know. Maybe he does read them now. I don't know. Maybe I'm embarrassing, but the fact that I went through a little tough time and I got a therapist and I was like, you know what? This has helped me so much. I know my son will go through some things. Maybe yeah. there's a little piece of something I can give him.
0: Yeah. Well, what's the point in going through it if we don't share it? Yeah. Why keep that yeah. to yourself? Why do? You Why that? make everybody suffer when you can help? <laughs> because the journey is hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's got to go through it, but there's always a fork in the road and you can pick which way you're going to go. You can bottle it up and you can go one route or you can learn and share and see if you can help
0: others on their journey. Yeah, I, um, I bottled it up for a long, long, long time. I don't recommend that.
1: No, and I'm an open book, so I share everything, but I I bottled up everything, even though I like spewed what was happening. I didn't like accept the healing of it.
0: Yeah, well, we can talk about it, but we have to process it. I didn't process it. Mm-hmm. Is the writing processing for you too? Yeah, 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 yeah. It helps. I too went through a journey, and for me, I did a lot of write and burn. I would write. I would frantically write and write it all down. And then I'd put it in a bowl and I'd say a prayer over it and I'd burn it. So it would just, done that. D- I was done, except I did it. <laughs> I was traveling a lot for work and I was in a hotel room and I set a fire alarm. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It was not my best moment. Whoops. Yep. Sorry about that. I'm just over here healing. Yeah. Right. yeah don't mind me. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs>
1: just trying to process yeah, now no, I did that on um, New Year's with some girlfriends one time mm-hmm. we were like hey what, what do you want to
0: go from last year if I would
1: write it down for. for it. that's
0: such a great highly recommend mm-hmm. such a good process
1: writing has I've never been a big writer I write but I've never shared any of it because mm-hmm. I was I'm like I'm not a writer but I got a lot of stuff in me. There's
0: a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it needs to come out. Exactly. Well, you say you're not a writer, but you're a creator. Yeah. And that urge to create is going to come out in so many different ways. Yes. Yeah. One of the things I love about your creative spirit is how bright and vibrant and fun mm. everything is. I, even down to your, I, you guys, you have to get, on Sarah's Instagram, enjoy art by Sarah. Yes. Yes, You have to see this. The blog is Mm enjoysarah.com. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but everything is so vibrant and fun and punchy and your fence, Mm -hmm. you paint your fence. Tell me about this fence because I'm obsessed. I want one. Well, um, another reason to embarrass
1: my son. So I have all this paint, have all this Mm fence and it's my house. I own it at my old house. I painted a mural on two. I did two murals. Mm -hmm. And when I sold it, it's over here in the cove. When I sold it, I did like a little question on my Instagram. I was like, do I paint over it or do I leave it? I was like, cause this kind of, this was me and I'm selling this house. i lived here Mm -hmm. for nine years. My son grew up here. So it was very half and half. People were like, paint it. You're not going to sell it. Well, I had the whole house painted, except for those two walls, I decided against it. I was going to leave them. Well, when my listing was posted Mm -hmm. within like six hours, there were six people going to look at it. Uh, First people offered right away. And the first people I actually met them, we were crossing in the closing and they loved it. Mm -hmm. I saw one of them the other day and they said, we love the house because that there was a realtor that, posted it said local artist with murals in her house and I was like that's so cool so amazing yeah my house now I immediately put a mural in the living room my son was like do you have to paint everything I got paint on the or my niece got paint on the garage floor and I was like oh I've always wanted to do a mural on the floor my son was like we don't have to paint everything and I was like but yes we do we really do really why not you can paint over it who cares so the fence started Because I have all these ideas that I want to try. Everybody hires me for their idea. So I wanted to do things for me. So when I go do a job, it's draining. It takes a lot out of you. It's a lot of creative energy. So when I go home, I wanted to do something for me to enjoy art again. Because if you're enjoying it for everybody else, you don't take time to respect the ideas that are just flowing in your head. I put them all on paper and I have like a little notes thing where I was like, you know, the peace sign is the newest one I'm working on. I was like peace sign with this kind of design and this, 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 it's not done yet, but I would constantly make notes and I would never create for me. Mm -hmm. So I, after I do a really big job, I always create a piece for me. So that's where the fence kind of started. And I was only going to do like four panels. Where you could not see unless you walked around. And then I was
0: like, fuck it. I'm gonna pick the whole thing. Do it. This is such a cool concept. I I guess I hadn't stopped to think about how creating for others can be draining, Mm -hmm. whereas creating for yourself will light you up. And the fact that you had to stop to think, I mean, your whole business is called Enjoy Art by Sarah, but you were not enjoying art and you needed to build that back into your process. Mm That's neat. And this year,
1: like I've been doing art for many years. And it like I said, it evolves. You go with what people want. So this year I kind of made a little promise to myself to stay true to what kind of art I do. Because I'm a bit of a shape shifter. I can do any kind of art. I have I'm super lucky and grateful that I am one of those artists that can do. A variety of things some people just have one thing that they do so it's nice to be able to say you know I want to do this if you're hiring me this is the year I've said if you're hiring me can we collaborate a little like can you bring a little bit of me into this since I am the artist you hired me for me so I do like color I do like crazy I do like wild I can tone it down. I can do muted colors, and I love doing that. Don't get me wrong. But I wonder how they're
0: fun with What about the stamps?
1: Those so are vibrant and fun. Those are fun. So I had that idea for a little while. And it's just getting someone to trust you. So the guy that Daniel Pratt, another local, he's a musician, he owns Panama City, Coffee. He kind of all over the place with creative ideas. He called me and he said, I have an Airbnb. And I said, I've had this dream. Years ago, I was driving through Apalachicola, which I didn't realize it was Apalachicola at the time. I've, I mean, I've lived here my whole life and I just lived in my bubble. When I drove by, I was with a friend and I was like, that place looks like a cool little bed and breakfast at Gibson. Have you ever seen it? No. So there's. A place called the gibson when you're just kind of driving through a bunch of bullets about this big yeah and i said you know what'd be cool is to get a bed and breakfast and paint every room a different idea or design so when you book it you're like i want the blue whale i want the pink flamingo and oh, every yeah. room is catered just to that so in between that i forgot about this carrie route a realtor She has a bunch of Airbnbs over in St. Andrews. And we sat down one day and we came up with names for stuff. And I've helped her like kind of like the Pearl or the blue whale. So my idea kind of went in right there. Yeah. But I didn't do murals inside of it yet. She's reached out for some other stuff. But since then Daniel had reached out and he said he had an Airbnb and I was like super cool. He had this cool concept where his family's from Panama, and then he lives in Panama City. So oh, he wanted okay. to merge the two. So what we did is took. he liked this old Panama City postcard. So he wanted those letters specifically. So we did those letters. And then inside the letters was all Panama stuff. This goes back to how you started, like drawing and people's names. names. So that's why I love the stamps, because they are so personal. Every single one of them, like the, I just finished Dockside. And when she reached out, she was like, I want to do a Panama City one. And I had just done two Panama City ones. And I was like, well, what if she trusted me? I said, what if we do Dockside? It's on the dock, Dockside. The name of the business is Dockside. And she was like, yeah, cool. Awesome. Beachy stuff. So as I was doing it, I didn't even realize everything in those letters is dock life. It was kids holding the fish. It was the Captain Anderson's boat. So Again, my brain went and I incorporated all the things about dog life and side. So I, I'm loving the process of this. It's like I just went to New Orleans for one and incorporated the homeowners, the people that yeah. rented out, they told me everything they liked about New Orleans and I incorporated their favorite things. So oh. when you stay at their Airbnb, you see Dat Dog is one of their favorite places. So if you've never been to New Orleans, you get to see... What is this debt dog? So now you're, they're sharing their fun experience through their Airbnb. Through
0: this stamp. It looks like a
1: postage stamp
0: that's on the wall that you've painted. Yes. so
1: There's another evolution to that. I just remembered. Yeah. So I used to run a gym, manage it. I did all the murals for CrossFit ACR. Back in the day, it was a different owner, but we had people from, we were traveling, meeting people from all over the world people were traveling to us that we met. So I created this design that was like a passport stamp, you know, when you yeah, go somewhere. So I was like, how cool would it be? Cause people pop around gyms, the CrossFit world, they all incorporate each other. So I was like, how cool would it be? If I made these pins, we eventually took my mural off the wall. I created a stamp because so I was like, when people come, they can take a picture. Like they, this yeah, is their stamp completely. So, what we did is, I reached out to a friend in Tennessee that owned an enamel pin company, and he created my mural into an enamel pin. So, then when people would visit, they would get my stamp. So, when I was doing the murals, and I had this idea about the stamp and the name, and then I was like, so it could be like a postage stamp for the area, and then a passport stamp because you've been there. And then in that stamp, it has the name of the unit. So, like Paradise and Panama was. The first one, Daniel's, mm-hmm. and now I'm putting like 001 or 002. It's just it's evolving every time.
0: It every doesn't school. stop. Your no. brain does not never, stop. Never, never, never stops. <laughs> All right. So you recently finished something you've been working on for years, I believe, and your oh, yeah. your sleeve is so yes. beautiful.
1: Actually, a couple doors down.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Gabe. Okay. Gabe and Sam Enriquez did the raccoon, but the rest of it was Gabe.
0: So it's this is beautiful. If you're listening by audio, it's this beautiful sleeve with the brightest, most vibrant colors tattooed on Sarah's arm. And it's okay. Tell us the story of it. There's a raccoon. I love raccoons. people. so hands. cute. So uh, when I was 18,
1: Bay High, the English program. You have to do like a year long project on a job profession. And of course I picked something to do with art. I had some really good friends that were covered in tattoos and one was a tattoo artist. So I worked with them at Ruby Tuesdays. and I said, Hey, can I follow you around for a few months and sit at the shop? And I created a portfolio of like my own tattoo design. So I'm sort of a printist. I didn't really do anything, but I always am super proud of saying I got to like apprentice or sit with my friend Darren Anderson, who's super talented, but then you were a, in high
0: school. Yeah, you were I hanging out with the tattoo artist. Never got a tattoo until I was 30 yeah. years old. I oh my, was, my goodness. Okay. So you were in high school, you were hanging out learning from the tattoo artist. I had a long project. I had to do yeah. interviews, have a mentor, write
1: an entire, I mean, huge thing. Never got a tattoo.
0: Never did it. Mm-mm. Okay. What changed? What shifted? I knew I
1: always wanted one. Yeah. My, uh, and it's not my ex-husband's fault, but he was like, we don't do tattoos. We're not that kind of people. And I was like, yep, they're cool. What if like I got one sleeve and it's all I ever oh. wanted was one sleeve. What kind of people do you mean? I mean, so, well, human, human he's, people, he's pretty straight edge. He doesn't yeah. have any tattoos. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's a, um, whatever. He's I got what it. It, is what it. I is. got it. So got it. I always loved the art of tattoos. Every time I saw them, I thought they were amazing. Well, I originally was just going to do black and white. That's all I wanted. And then my ex, he was like, not my ex-husband, but the guy I was with, he was like, there is no way you of all people should do a black and white. It has to be full color. Yeah. So I went, he booked an appointment for me on my birthday with a different artist. And I walked in. Well, my girlfriend took me there. I didn't know I was getting a tattoo appointment, which scares oh, shit out of me. Yeah. That's a huge commitment. And that's I waited obviously until I was 30 years old to put something yeah. like that. So I, my girlfriend takes me and I was like, what are we doing here? And she said, he got you a tattoo for your birthday. And I was like, "Uh, that's not how this works. I don't have anything planned. That's not, nope, 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 yeah. nope. Well, he had taken an idea I had given him and sent it to the shop mm-hmm. and they had booked it. Well, I've met the artist And then I was looking at his stuff and started crying. And I was like, as good as he is, I don't like his style. That's not what I want. That's not what I've envisioned. And then I was like, there's another kid at the shop that's apprenticing. And he's young, young. I was like, but I, I like what he's doing. I like his stuff. I like his color. I like what he does. So the artist that I met with, he said, you're totally right. That dude is definitely, he's, he's got what you want. Guy. Yeah. So I had to rebook the appointment uh-huh. and I fell in love with Gabe. He's right down the road. He actually is the only person I've asked to come paint one of my fence panels. So he is <laughs> one of my fence panels is by him, but we've been collaborating for four years. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine me being a client because when he's going, I'm like, Oh wait, hold on. Let's do this. Oh, can we? So the beehive, like all the honeycombs. I was like, can we incorporate that through the whole thing? So it kind of ties it all together. Yeah. I see him. Yeah. So he's just cool kid. And he's up for me being crazy and rolls with it and switches on a dime. And he's great. Gosh, you probably learn a lot about one another in a tattoo chair. Yes. Yeah. And I even, I wrote something about that the other day when I said like, he was my guest artist. Like I've learned a lot from him just watching how he does art. And it was super fun having him come paint the fence because he's never done a mural. So I was teaching him and I was like, this is super cool. I get to teach this super talented dude techniques and tips and tricks. And it was really fun.
0: What do you wish the rest of the world understood about creatives Oh God. So we could be here all day. huh? Right.
1: I did do a blog on that and maybe not understand, but just have some patience. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not available, if I don't answer you immediately, my brain is going a million miles an hour and give me a minute to give you the respect you deserve to create for you. My brain is on four other tasks right now. And if I just jump into yours, my brain is on these four and I'm not giving you the due diligence you deserve to create for you. Now there's other artists that just can create, but I like all my stuff is so personal. Yeah. It's just how I create. Yeah. I like to incorporate like the thumbprints. And so just patience. Cause some of our brains are just
0: All day long. (laughs) Yeah. It never stops. I love that actually the silence is a form of respect Mm. for someone else's time. It's not that I'm not getting back to you. It's that I need to respect your time and give you the Mm. answer that you deserve. Most people will just jump to the next artist. I think a lot of us struggle.
1: We lose jobs.
0: I see that. But I think a lot of us struggle with giving an answer off the cuff and not really taking the time to think about what is it I want to say to you? It's because cell phones.
1: Yeah. Everything's right here. And you have to have an immediate answer. Everybody's sitting there with it nowadays. It's too
0: much, too much,
1: too much. It really is. Yeah. People used to stop at a certain point of the day or quit. Work never quits now for anyone, ever. Yeah, You're a lawyer. I mean, does that ever stop? Do people ever stop?
0: It never stops, but I stop it.
1: Exactly. So that's kind of where my... Yeah. Give me a minute to answer. Yeah. It's so important.
0: All right. I've got um, maybe one last question, but before we get to it, is there anything else that you wish the world knew about our small town or how it's growing, how it's coming along? What would you what would you want people to know? About Old Panama City? Yeah. Or about, uh, about the personality here or, or the core values of the place or just whatever comes to mind. Uh I've always said it's a it's a good old boy's town.
1: If you need something, someone that's been here for years has got a guy. I've got a guy. Anytime <laughs> yes. I need something, I've got a guy. Like the best part about Panel City is it is so small town. And as it does grow, there is a little fear that we'll lose that like small town, like vibe. But I think if
0: anywhere can keep that small town vibe, it's downtown.
1: In St. Andrews, mm-hmm. and it would be super cool. And I think me and probably a million other people have been saying this. If you've been to Tampa and you see like the armature works and that sure. whole walk, that beach drive strip, if they could connect those two worlds, St. That Andrews and downtown really are phenomenal. Bikes and those scooters, and people will walk for miles in places like Nashville. It's three miles. So yes, this feel, I don't think, I think there's core people in downtown and there's core people in St. Andrews and they work together Yes. and it doesn't stop. And I think their kids are coming up and seeing it. And I think generations
0: of people will keep that vibe. I think that's neat. It's neat to think about. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to revisit it five years from now, 10 (sighs) years from now to watch all the changes and see if we can't keep that small town Vibe going. Uh, we it's should cool. do a small town vibes mural. Oh, let's do it. Let's make it. Let's find make, a wall. Let's find a wall. <laughs> Painting it. <laughs> All right. So, one last question. You know, this is a local spot mm-hmm. uh, mostly, and I'm new to town. I'm not from around here. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm wondering if, you know, you know that say you might be a local if. Mm-hmm. What is a hidden gem that locals know about? But other folks don't. Oh God, there's so many. I have a sweet spot. I love Taproom. Matt
1: yeah. is fantastic, dude. Super nice, friendly. It's just easy over there. The Taproom's super chill. But St. Andrews has had all this time to just kind of cultivate that. Sure. Where downtown got their chance after the hurricane. So downtown is cultivating that right now yeah it is growing and it is coming it's got that feel so like there's so many different little hidden gems in downtown right now it's just they're all
0: kind of brewing yeah it's coming yeah it's coming thank you so much for doing this with me today i really appreciate it so if um we we shouted out your stuff but if folks want to follow you find you how do we do that enjoy art by sarah on the Instagram. Everywhere. I think I put it on everything. <laughs> I made a point for my name on every ball. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you.
0: How's that for a vibrant soul? Oh my goodness. I keep thinking that one of the reasons I was drawn to Panama City was to meet so many amazing people and I think I was meant to meet Sarah because she inspires me. She reminds me to play life full out. All right, you know me. We're going to have a list here. Here are the takeaways. Write down what matters to you. Number one, Sarah says, I've always done random stuff my whole life, and now I love to do art for a living. Number two, they could have picked any of the artists in town, but they brought me in. So my creativity hones in on those business owners. I will ask a million questions and then I want to give back. Is it any wonder that Sarah's on every storefront window or wall in town? This is how to get business 101. It's amazing. Number three, collaborating is probably the coolest thing you can do as a creative person. Sarah, completely second that. Number four, if I'm going to do a photo shoot anywhere, it's got to be half naked on a goofy golf course. (laughs) I still love this reminder to just go have some damn fun. All right. Number five, why keep it to yourself when you've been through something? Share what you've learned. Maybe you can help others on their journey. Number six, there's a difference between being an open book and sharing everything versus actually processing it. Writing can help us move through it. Number seven, respect your ideas and create for yourself. Number eight, sometimes executing an idea is just getting someone to trust you. Number nine, love the process. Number 10, Sarah asks one of my favorite questions. How cool would it be if? How cool would it be if? Follow your curiosity. Number 11, on her first tattoo appointment, know that you can appreciate something, but it doesn't have to be for you. Speak out and speak up about what you do and do not actually want. (laughs) It's a hard one for me. Thank you, Sarah. And number 12, my silence is a form of respect for your time. Give me a moment to give you the respect you deserve so that I can create for you. I love that one. I know You took something away from this that touched your joyful, creative soul. And I would love it if you followed Sarah on Instagram at enjoyartbysarah or at her blog, enjoysarah.com. It's so good. I'm telling you, so good. Actually, Sarah was an impetus for me to start to put my own thoughts on paper to share them because when I saw what it meant to her, It triggered something in me, but isn't that really like when we think about it, how creativity works? Like creativity sparks creativity in others. So PSA right here, y'all don't hesitate, just create and put it out there. My blog is on Substack. The link is in the show notes as there is a link to Sarah's blog. And, um, If you subscribe, I will send you some love every Sunday. If you had fun or this talk made you think, this conversation, maybe share it with a friend, a creative, a business owner. And if you want a little small town USA charm, downtown Panama City is where it's at. It broke my bank and it broke my heart and I love that place. And I can't wait to see what they create in this rare gem of a place. All right, just for fun on the way out. Since y'all, this was the first interview I ever recorded with the dream of a podcast in mind. Here's me with a temperamental computer. And well, I got to tell you, technology is not not my BFF. So for fun, here's me and Sarah trying to name this computer. Enjoy some nonsense by Sarah and Ash. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon.
1: Perfect. (laughs) She's intense. Have you named her yet?
0: No, No. my car has a name. You got to name it. What what do you want to be?
1: The mole level whenever
0: Lucy. Lucy feels good. Like Lucy's close to Lucifer. Nice. Yeah, I like that. I'm feeling that.
1: I'm always a little morbid on everything too. Mm-hmm. My son gets that from me. I think he's a little sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty messed up. I love it. <laughs>